The American Battlefield Trust seeks to preserve our nation's hallowed battlegrounds and educate the public about what happened there and why it matters today. They permanently protect these battlefields for future generations as a lasting and tangible memorial to the brave soldiers who fought in the American Revolution, the War of 1812, and the Civil War. You can help save battlefield land today by visiting battlefields.org. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in once again to the Tattoo Historian Show. My name is John. I am the Tattoo Historian. And for the second week in a row, you are going to hear Pat McGuire from History Things with Pat talk to me about the history field and digital history. But this time we dive deeper into social media. And we talk about how social media has allowed us to reach new audiences and has permitted us to help level the playing field, so to speak, in the history field. It's a great discussion, and it's one that really points out why we do what we do. And in actuality, there are a couple parallels between Pat and I as far as why we do this on social media and outreach methods that we do. There's, There's some really good similarities, which I think you'll catch up on in this episode. Now, Pat and I are down to earth guys. Some of you know us personally. Uh, we keep it real, we keep it honest, and I think that's the way we need to be going forward in the history field as well as other fields on top of that. We go over self-awareness, we go over staying in your lane, doing your thing, and we talk about different social media platforms. So if you are a social media marketer for a historical entity, a nonprofit, a museum, you might get something out of this. If you're trying to build your own brand online, you might get something out of this. So I'm really looking forward to hearing the feedback from this. And on top of that, I once again want to thank the Gary Owen Irish Pub in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania for allowing me to record the podcast at the pub. Um, Now, there was a separate part of the Gary Owen where it was off limits to people except for us for the day. Uh, It wasn't open, I should say. And we were allowed to utilize that space. And I really want to thank the Gary Owen Irish Pub for allowing me to do that. And we had a great time. Uh, Pat had a couple beers. I had a couple cups of coffee. And we just riffed on our thoughts on the history field and our thoughts on the future of the field and the future of digital history. And it was just a great time. So if you're ever in Gaysburg, please go visit the Gary Owen Irish Pub. They've been fantastic to me, the Tattooed Historian brand, and getting more history out there. They've been great hosts. And uh, I, I really admire that business. They're right on Chambersburg Street, right downtown Gettysburg. Give them a shout next time you're in the area. Uh, let them know you heard about it on the podcast or you saw it on the Tattoo Historian Presents. They'll treat you right, guys. So without further ado, here's Pat McGuire once again, History Things with Pat, sitting down with me talking about the history field, social media, and the influence of that entity in leveling the playing field. Well, 
What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Tattoo Historian Show. My name is John. I am the Tattoo Historian. And once again, I am joined by my friend Pat McGuire, History Things with Pat. You remember him from last week. We're going to keep this conversation going, right? We had such a good time on the first episode. Dude, let's just rock and roll and never, ever stop. I, I agree. We talked about leveling the uh, playing field last week Yeah. for, uh, for you know, the history field in general. And uh, now we want to kind of dive down deeper into that, right? We want to talk about social media use for historians and how it's worked for us, how it hasn't worked for us in some cases, if that's the way it is. Um, you know, so those of you who are listening out there who work in the history field or are just a history nerd or whatever you consider yourself, you want to use social media to your advantage to help get a new, uh, you know, audience out there, this would be something for you to listen to. So, Pat, thanks for doing this yet again and starting this uh, starting us out on this path. Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me back. It was uh, really fun the first time, so I'm super pumped to do this with you again, bud. Yeah, and if you're watching the, uh, the video feed of this later on, you'll see we're wearing the same clothes because we, <laughs> we just decided to go into overtime. A little editing magic. We shot this the same day yeah. as the first episode. How about that? And I now have a, a warm cup of coffee this time. Uh, but we are recording this at the Gary Owen Irish Pub. Uh, good friends of mine, they've been friends of the Tattoo Historian brand and the programming that we've been doing. Obviously, we also do uh, the Tattoo Historian Presents series here monthly, mainly. And uh, we have a great turnout for that. Pat's been on that twice. Yeah, I've been now. on it a couple times now. I've had a real good time. Thanks for having me out. Yeah, absolutely. And we have a great time and people can grab a beer and they can listen to some history. And it's been great. The Gary Owen has been great to us. I wanted to do this new season of the podcast, um, you know, without having the kind of stagnant background. I wanted to have, you know, the clinking of glasses going on downstairs and the ambient noise of the bar and the pub. So it makes it a little bit more authentic for us because we usually hang out in a pub. Yeah, so maybe a little more who you really are. Yeah, exactly. It's the authenticity, which we're going to go over about the authenticity side of this whole thing. But it's the authenticity of who I am and where I used to hang out a lot was in pubs when I was a drinker, but now I just hang out and drink coffee with, Gary God, with guys like Pat. Gary makes a great coffee for John. They do. A great coffee. They do make a great coffee, and usually when I walk in the door, they have it ready to go for me. <laughs> so so that that works out really well. So big shout-out to the Gary Owen for having us again. They're right here on Chambersburg Street in Gettysburg, and they have uh, you know a lot of great brews. They have great uh, places to sit yourself down, even outside now, yeah, which is food, awesome. Good music. They yeah. do live music here, which is great. So Yeah, you're on socials. Go over on Facebook. Give them a like because you'll find out all the events they do here, yeah, which is fantastic. If you like more fantastic. than history, check out the Gary Owen. Yeah. So what are you what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Magners right now. Oh. I uh, In the first episode, when we were doing it real hardcore, I yeah. was drinking a Yangling because when you're in Pennsylvania, when in Rome, right. you drink you know the most trusty of beers. Not not Iron City. No, I'm uh, <laughs> not a real beer drinker, probably by many people's standards. So, Yingling oh. is familiar. It's America's oldest brewery. Right, right, right. right. I read the line somewhere. Yeah, I can't remember <laughs> yeah. where. I can't remember who told me that. Not a sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. But uh, you know, I I do like ciders, and it's right. uh, it's a little earlier in the day for me to get uh, a bit schnockered. So we'll go a little lighter. So, yeah, you don't uh, want to do that. No. Yeah. So we'll go with the Magners. It's yes. nice. It's delicious. And as stated, I obviously drink my coffee because sober is sexy. Sure. So that's the way I roll. But hey, buddy. in the first episode, we talked about how uh, we got our start 
with with this whole thing i with a graduate degree in history decided to go on the socials and uh check out how i can make basically social media in my classroom and this guy was already doing it yeah and haphazardly uh, <laughs> yeah we 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 learn extremely as we chaotically go, as we go so on this episode the second episode of the season we wanted to extend that conversation into basically the depths of what it is we do yeah. on social media and how we reach new audiences so, so you know that's probably going to be our key for the next 30 30 45 minutes guys is just if you want to get involved in something like this or if you just want to figure out what it is we do yeah this is this is going to be uh, an awakening session. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> you know it's interesting. Nobody nobody wakes up one day with this final idea. Like here is everything polished, printed. This is what I want to do, and this is how we're going to do it. I think uh, I can speak personally for myself. I think for you as well. Like when we started what we're doing with our independent brands, they're just journeys. They start in one place. I can tell you with absolute. Uh, certainty that where history things with Pat is today is not where like it's intended place was five years ago when I started, started this. Um, that's not to say I had like no end goal. Like I was just going to evolve until something stuck. Like I mm-hmm. honestly, I was like, how cool would it be if I became a popular enough historian that somebody recognized me for it or mm-hmm. even bigger? What if, you know, somebody was willing to pay me to do this really cool and nerdy thing, you know? Right. Um, right. So, I don't know, kind of get, get sidetracked with that thought here, but when I, when I, um, you know, when you start it, you don't have a like concrete, this is where we're going to go with it. You know, you kind of, you have a loose idea of where you want to go. And I think, as we get further into this to today, one of the things that you kind of got to really understand is that success is what you make it. And regardless of, of any of your own philosophies on anything, if you, if you really want to do anything other than just have this as an idea or a theory, or your own brand, whatever you want to do is you got to just be adaptable. You have to evolve because mm-hmm. where I am right now is not where I was five years ago. Um, and I hope five years from now I am somewhere completely different than where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stuff like that. So be forewarned. There's going to be a lot of soapboxing here in this episode. <laughs> yeah. And that's what, <laughs> that's what a lot of people need to hear. Uh, because some people also think that before we get really into the weeds here, some people think that what we do is just, uh, how should I say it? It's easy. You know, we, we just no. we just cruise through things, <laughs> and we're just like, oh, we're living the life, and da da da. This is not easy, right? And I and I want to get that a- across as we go through. But for for you, Pat, with history things with Pat, how many platforms are you on total? So right now, I'm rocking out on three. Uh, I'm using Facebook as my mainstay because I can do everything that I want to do as a historian right now on a single platform. There, um, videos. Um, written narratives things like that i can share pictures um you can do polls so when you want to get interactive whatever Mm -hmm. um i also uh you know all the videos that i'm putting on to facebook i'm also posting onto youtube you know um youtube.com slash history things with pat and then on instagram uh i give you something sometimes a little different Mm -hmm. instagram gets like i'd say 85 percent of the same posts that facebook gets Mm -hmm. As far as videos, obviously limited because you can only get like a minute long clip. And some of my videos are, you know, eight minutes, 13 minutes. Right. But I, um, uh, the other thing that I'll do with Instagram is like, that's where I'll give 
my audience a little bit more of a glimpse into me, Pat McGuire, not just necessarily history things with Pat, because that's, you know, on Instagram, you'll see a little bit more of, you know, I play guitar. I used to be in bands. Like I have a family, um, you know, I have a really weird and dry sense of humor and some things that I find <laughs> funny, you might not, but I post them online anyway, because that's what, you know, the internet is for and, uh, and stuff like that. So, uh, I, I use them for different things because some of our, part of, you know, what we do is, you know, part of what makes us successful at what we do rather is that we understand, or we have a really good ability to read our audiences and understanding that not all of our audiences exist in the same way. Like I have, and you have, and other people have a, a group of, of viewers who don't want to read a friggin' thing that we write. <laughs> right. However, you produce a five minute video on the same exact subject matter and they're, they're, they're in. So mm -hmm. those people I refer over to my YouTube page and hopefully if they're on my Facebook page and they don't want to read the BS that I'm typing out with everything, right. They, they right. just click the link and go to YouTube and, you know, engage it on their terms. And that's a big part of this is like, we want to present it in a way that you can digest it on your terms. Mm -hmm. um, so Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube are, are my main three. Uh, and that's because that's just the ones I'm most familiar with right now. And then, you know, I'm currently exploring a few others um, just so I can you know, find out if they're viable for me, how familiar mm -hmm. I can become and, and, you know, what benefits they can bring to growing you know what we're doing here. So just the three for right now. So yeah, you can find facebook.com slash history things with Pat, um, at history things with Pat on Instagram and, um, youtube.com slash history things with Pat to uh, follow along in all of, uh, my historical chaos. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it's great historical chaos, by the way. Thanks. Um, uh, that's the one thing that I would have to say is very important for everyone to realize before we go into the platforms themselves is to understand that you stick with what you know. You know, if you know Facebook, stick with Facebook first. If you know Instagram, stick with Instagram first and build off of that. Um, my brand got chaotic because now I'm on like seven of them. And yeah, so I'm like, oh, and that's seven different audiences and we can go over all that. But just trying to be yourself is so very important uh, and understanding what brands or what, uh, excuse me, what media, social media sites you want to use and can use is very important too. And I think that that really sheds some light on the fact that you can start from anywhere we all start from zero yeah you know? i think you touched on something important there i think it's good when you're starting out to start somewhere you're comfortable um and i'm a big fan of not maybe everywhere in my life but definitely here uh getting outside your comfort zone and you know exploring and doing new things but when you're starting out because this industry and this community is is at times incredibly overwhelming the mm -hmm people, places, personalities in them, named states, places, like just, you know, all of world history, all of U.S. history. Like, you can nuance the ever-loving crap out of everything we study. Like, you can get overwhelmed real fast. Like, history can be like quicksand in that mm -hmm. way. So when you're starting, it's best to probably start somewhere you're comfortable so you have something strong to stand on, something of a foundation. But by no means do I ever recommend you stay where you're comfortable. Always keep your foundation, have it be something you're polished on and, and you can always rely on as your foundation, but you know, always pursue getting outside your comfort mm -hmm. zone. Do something new mm -hmm. uh, is a big part of what makes us who we are. So um, I think that's super important that you said that, you know, starting somewhere comfortable because I think a lot of people when they're starting with a bunch of ideas will get really excited about them. 
and maybe sometimes with that excitement you get unrealistic you're like oh i'm so good at this i'm just gonna start this and do it bang go right and you know six weeks six days six hours six minutes six years at some point you have the realization of like you bit off more than you can chew you didn't really understand and, da, 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 mm-hmm. and then you're ending your project mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i think it's super important to start somewhere where you can truly assess what's around you and build and go from there. So good right. point, dude. Right. And, and I, I use Instagram almost the same way you do where I do a lot of the behind the scenes. Yeah. What's life like as an independent historian, I'll use the air quotes on that and an independent historian, what's life like and what, you know, what's my day to day like and stuff like that. So when you go on there, you not only see history, but you see like the lifestyle of trying to get things done and market things. And where am I at today to try to get this gig done and all that stuff. And that really brings it to light too. Yeah. Your Facebook page and my Facebook page are kind of like the product of history things with Pat and the tattoo historian. Like these are our, the intentional uh, content we're producing. And then, you know, our Instagrams are just kind of like you, John Heckman, Mm -hmm. me, Pat McGuire. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, obviously under our brand. So, but you get a chance to see who we are as people because part of, I think creating a successful brand, whether you're minor league successful, as I call myself, or or major league successful, as some of our other uh, contemporaries are, is like you get to where you get to by being genuine. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's that's so very important. Uh, and I've gone over this in other episodes and videos and stuff. Uh, two things is be authentic. Yep. Who you are as a person. And be self-aware of who you are as a person. Yeah, never live it down, man. You are who you are. Like, you don't want to be cocky in a ridiculous way, but, like, you can be confident and, like, find that healthy balance between confident and humble. Like, always be confident enough to own the room, but be humble enough to know when you're wrong and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. gain gain wisdom from that and then own the room again. Like, I don't know. Right. I, I have these ears where I can hear people giving me praise but it goes out the other ear it's the same with when people give me hell about something it's like in one ear out the other i just don't take any of that to heart it's not that i don't hear the either one it's just that i don't let it drive my ambition or drive my passion for this and i think that's very important some people take things way too much to heart i mean if you see the hate mail i received when i first started this like, well, that's not how you act with a master's degree. And I'm like, well, how do I act with a master's degree? Yeah. You know, or, or you know, you're, you don't look like a historian. Well, what's a historian supposed to look like? Right. When you're, especially when you're starting out on the social right. media level, that you're going to get the peanut gallery that goes with everything. And the interactive experience is, is one of the brilliant parts of using social media, social media as a um, platform in which to teach on. But um, you do kind of have to realize that, not everybody is an expert. You're seldomly an expert. I'm mm-hmm. seldomly an expert, right? But like the like the peanut gallery is going to go out of its way to tell you you're, mm-hmm. you're not the expert, and mm-hmm. it's important that you develop a thick skin and you you consider the context of everything, and and you you either hear the wisdom that this peanut gallery is giving you or whatever, and then inside that, like you just you keyed on such a big thing for me with that. That's not how you're supposed to act. Mm-hmm. there's like this status quo mm-hmm. that exists in our community that drives me nuts. And it's to me, if you can, if you can try to put a picture on it, you can imagine it's like sweater vests. <laughs> it's, right. you know, a lot of really monotone talking. Right. Um, and it's a lot of gray hair mm-hmm. and there's, 
zero personality or rock and roll. And it's everybody that acts differently than that sort of, I'm going to throw your name out there, Ben Stein, and I'm sorry, but I loved your Comedy Central <laughs> show. But you know you know who I'm talking about with that personality, that yep. just really dry yep. kind of thing. Like that's that somehow became our status quo. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't act in that really dry, stuffy, boring, academic manner at all times when discussing our nation's memories, then you somehow are doing it a disservice. Mm-hmm bullshit that's right that shit drives me so nuts mm -hmm. um i hate being just profiled and that sounds so ridiculous to say <laughs> but like it's you know when you're in a community where people won't listen to you just because you have a tattoo on your arm it's so f asinine so i i really really almost get a chip on my shoulder when it comes to just doing what I do just because I'm trying to almost rattle the cage, you right. know, and like take the community and tilt it on its head and be like, look, man, like I can be just as successful as you in reaching people. Cause ultimately I feel like that would be our mutual goal, right? They're mm -hmm. teaching and I'm teaching like whoever the proverbial, they would be the establishment. Mm -hmm. But like, uh, you know, if their goal is to teach and to, to pass on like, so that's also my goal. Okay, but like I feel like I can be just as successful as if not more so successful than them mm -hmm. just by being me and like you're judging me for it. And that makes no sense. Like, wouldn't you be like, yeah, look at that guy. He's a little loose. He says the F word. He drinks a beer and he, you know, told a great version of, uh, you know, third Epra or Eep, you know, mm -hmm. you know, one of those, mm -hmm. you know, really violent things that we dumb down to being as boring as the mud they fought it in. Right. You know, like versus a guy who's, you know, he's bringing it to life. Like, I felt like I was going to get an artillery shell dropped on my freaking head while I listened. Like, why would you combat that? Why would you turn your nose up at it? And, the, and it happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Because, like, you see it in the in the, in the the mail that people send you, in the messages. Um, I, I get it in the browbeating when I'm in public all the time and I'm trying to network and commingle among a lot of my peers. I get, I get a lot of um, down-the-nose kind of stares because I'm without a degree and I'm covered in tattoos and I just get looked at like this freaking amateur. Mm. Sure. And I am, but that's sort of the new battlefront of what we're doing is like amateurs becoming professionals because of things like work ethic and ambition and passion and stuff like that. So that's, you know, one of the things that I think you, you and I, sh you know, should really touch on if we're going to talk mm -hmm. about what it really takes, right. you know, you know, to persevere through getting started. Um, right. I'll let you talk about some of the ways where you just kind of had to fight through it. Um, yeah, I mean, tell, tell me, because I'm actually not super versed in your story, you know? Like, I know we've talked a lot about history things with Pat, but like, you know, at some point, we were in the same places we were starting, we had no clue, and things probably got weird. So like, mm -hmm. go. Uh, I was still working for the Army Corps of Engineers uh, uh, on a contract basis. I was a contractor as a historian and archivist and uh, LinkedIn wasn't the sexiest of platforms to try to find, you know, your next job and try to market yourself. So I started marketing myself on Facebook because everyone was there. And uh, luckily the tattooed historian wasn't taken as a brand. Dude, it's so on and the I, nose. I, I, I'm so blown I that I didn't grab it. <laughs> I know. I'm so glad you didn't. Um, uh, and I'm like, well, this is where I'm going to showcase what I do. So what I mainly did was, uh, we were going through original documents and photographs involving the U.S. Army throughout history, and I would just post those 
and be like, check out this cool document I found and here's a little background on it or check out this photo and here's a little background on it. And I had like 40 people following me in the first week and I'm like, well, that's cool. Maybe one of those people, you know, will be hiring in two years. Who knows? And then all of a sudden it started to gain traction and, uh, organic reach uh, on social media at that time was pretty good and people were sharing things out and all of a sudden I had like a thousand followers and I'm like I have no idea what how this blew up but something is out there there's a need for it and uh, I hadn't found you yet but I was starting to like just see that okay there's a need for this out there and I started to branch out because I started to realize that this was something I really enjoyed doing I enjoyed connecting with people who probably would never meet me in real life, uh, and I would never meet them. We're talking about history. We're having these discussions together. Um, and it just really started clicking that we can make a difference with social media. While everyone is putting down social media, uh, especially the old hands in, in the field, I was embracing it, and so were you, in a new way. Because I figured... If the professors aren't on it, then I need to be on it because there's an audience there. And I would hear time and time again, well, my audience isn't on Instagram. Maybe not, but 400 million people are. Yeah. So, and that's maybe when your I twisted it. Isn't, but part of mine is. Right. Or maybe your audience could be if you at least try. And so um, I started branching out. I started on Facebook. I went to Instagram and Twitter and uh, made a YouTube, which I really need to work on. But I'm mainly on the social media networks because I can reach new audiences quicker. I can reach different demographics. Yeah, excuse me, demographics quicker, and uh, it's just been such a wild ride to see it blow up. In my case, because I never thought I'd have three thousand people following me on this, I thought I was going to get a couple hundred. Dude, it's so wild. So right, isn't it weird that people like pay attention to what you're doing? Like it's it's like I look at it and I'm sometimes I'm like, why? Right. right. The first time. So cool. The, the Thank last you, time, everyone. Thank you. The last time I went to Washington, D.C., uh, I was walking on campus with a friend of mine at George Washington University. And I'm just walking on campus with him. And he's like, hey, let me show you where this these buildings are. And I'm walking down and we were walking right in front of the history department. And uh, he's like, oh, the history department's right inside that building. And it's a beautiful day. And we're walking outside. And these two students come up, and they're walking towards us, and I saw them look at me kind of funny, and they said, wait, you're the tattoo historian. And I'm like, what? You're like, yeah, I am. Um, and they're like, you're the tattoo historian? I'm like, Psh. yeah. And they're like, oh, we follow you online. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm in Washington, D.C., and you're following me online? And that's when it started to blow up in my head where it's like, wow, this can reach out. You know, I just yeah. thought, oh, people around Gettysburg follow me or people around my hometown follow me. No, it's like going other places. And that's when I started to realize the power of it. And I'm like, okay, we this can be a classroom now, Yeah. media-wise. I don't have to have a physical classroom. I can just make it on the phone or on the laptop or whatever else. That's my classroom. Just like you use it as a classroom on Facebook or Instagram. It's, it's a classroom environment in a non-traditional way. Because strong chance you're listening to this on an app on your phone. So by putting the classroom on a platform that you can access on your phone... Mm-hmm. We go back to the first episode of this. We're talking about accessibility. You could be waiting for a plane right now listening to us. You could be sitting in traffic uh, listening to us. You could mm-hmm. be just chilling at your house. Like, who knows? Like, there's any number of ways you can be accessing us, you know, mm-hmm. and, and other people who do what we do just 
because you have your phone with you. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. And, and we're both real down to earth people. We're the same on here or in front of the camera as we are on the street. And we both have used history in a therapeutic way, which Absolutely. I did, which I didn't really realize the extent of it until the first episode we, we did together where it's like, you know, without these pieces of our life, who knows where we would be? Yeah. I definitely use this as a place to go when things weren't going really well. Um, I kind of, you know, they say rally around the flag. The, mm-hmm. the, the banner of my life has been history. I remember, um, being eight, uh, and being exposed to Harper's Ferry and the story of John Brown. And we just happened to have learned about it in uh, primary school right before during the school season that led in school year that led into that summer. And then I remember just kind of being super intrigued in the next book fair that rolls around, you get books on it and it just kind of never goes away. And suddenly it's like, you're this tiny little civil war buff, you know, in your mm-hmm. youth and then your teens, you're, exploring all the things you explore as a teenager especially a teenage boy like me um but i never let go of it so i'm exploring music and life and cars and girls but i'm also exploring you know battle summaries and after action reports and i'm and i'm you know i'm memorizing the new york yankees lineup at the same time that i'm memorizing a west point graduating class lineup and it's just one of those things that became the banner of my life and when things wouldn't go well throughout the journey of me, you know, I haven't always handled my adversity fantastically or stellar, but you know, as, as I get older and wiser that I've learned to rally around the the things that you can build a foundation on. So when we talked about, you know, that it is good to have a comfort zone um, because, you know, you can start from there uh, and obviously build by getting outside of it. But for me, history was always my comfort zone. And, you know, five years ago when all hell broke loose in my life and, uh, I stood on a very serious precipice about what kind of quote unquote adult life I wanted to live. I was, you know, I rallied around the flag of history and history things with Pat was born and it was outside of my uh, wife and child. It's the best thing that I've ever done in my life mm-hmm. um, was without intending to was becoming history things with Pat. So mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was therapeutic, man. And it, it saved my soul. Yeah. And it's a legacy thing. Yeah. You know, you know, like, you know, when, when, when I'm dust, I hope a few of you remember me. I hope somebody else is doing this like we were doing it. And I hope that my kid now and ones that I'll have in the future, hopefully, um, I hope they remember me as somebody that did a good job trying to tell our, our memories and, uh, you know, as accurately and as passionately as possible. So yeah, it is therapeutic and it is a legacy for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I didn't realize when I first started, yeah, when I first started the tattooed historian, I didn't know what kind of stuff it was going to get me, allow me to escape from. So you never know when you're starting to just put yourself out there and try new things and, and build a brand or build whatever, what that may be down the road as far as, not only followers, but is that going to help you in the future to get over something? Let me ask you a harsh. question. Let yeah. me ask you a question. When yeah. you were at this moment where the tattoo historian started, did you actively think I should start doing this, or did you just start doing it? I, I originally I was like, I need to start doing this for my future as far as getting my next job. I was just worried about because because I was going along the traditional line of where's my next job coming from, right. you know, and I'm like I got to market myself. 
but as the time went on, I realized I almost can't live without it. You know, where it's just like, it's just this little thing in me that's just like, it's, it's always going to be there. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's kind of like, it's kind of like Ric Flair in wrestling. Woo! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where, where it's like, you can't imagine him doing anything else. Well, I can't imagine me doing anything but history. But I have to go where the audience is. So I went on, on, online on social media. But no matter where I go, this has to follow me. Sure. I got to do my own thing. And I got to find the next historical site and shoot a video. And I got to do all this other stuff. I can't imagine going forward without it in some aspect. Even if social media went away, I'll find out where everyone's attention is. And I'll go there right. and do it. You know, <laughs> if Facebook crashes tomorrow, fine. I'll go to a different place and do it. But uh, that's, that, that goes back to something else that is very important, Pat, is that uh, too many people are like, well, I have, I have 15,000 followers on Facebook. And I'm like, one, that does, doesn't impress me. Two, two <laughs> what Great. happens, you're, not, you're on no other platform. I'm speaking to some, some people out there, and I, I love you, but I'm speaking to people who like run marketing for like museums, nonprofits, et cetera. You're coming to me and saying, well, we have a great Facebook presence. And I say to you, well, how's your Instagram? And you're like, we don't have one. Or how, so you're only on one platform. What happens if that platform crashes? Yeah, you're limiting yourself. Right. It's free. Put your stuff up there. And we've embraced that where we're on multiple platforms and we're doing our own thing and we're trying to embrace new demographics. And I think that's very important for us to go over is the fact that it's almost like an 80-20 rule where 80% of the time you'll find us like on Facebook and 20% of the time you'll find us on everything else yeah. <laughs> in some regard, because we have to keep up, a we have to keep up appearances basically in a good way. I mean, you know, people don't understand. There's so many duh moments that come out of this conversation and it's a running conversation when, cause I, one thing that was just popping into my head while I was listening to you right now is, um, recently I was hanging out with, uh, 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 uh Kobe Treadway, um, director or curator of the Surratt House Museum down in Clinton. Oh, yeah. And one of the things he and I were talking about was uh, just this, you know, there's a, um, how do I put it? There's, I just got my brain, my brain completely just blanked out. What were we even talking about? <laughs> you need me to cover for you? Yeah, or, what were we just talking about? We were talking about? about being on different platforms at one oh, time. Right. and Getting, getting so to reach out there. So he's somebody, I forget what, how he even ended up on the subject, but it was basically like, you know, you, if you have, we basically, that's what it was. We acknowledge that the, the community, the audience as a whole is aging, mm -hmm. right? I have this metaphor that I said, if you could walk into the room of fans of the Civil War, because that's primarily where my brand got its, its, uh, its stripes from, you know, mm -hmm. was interpreting the Civil War, and we've since grown and expanded. But mm -hmm. if, you, if, you, if you put it in that terms, right, if you go into any room full of fans of the Civil War, it's dominated by grayheads. Mm -hmm. There's old people in the room. Um, and old people use pretty much Facebook mm -hmm. if they use social media, if they use at that all. communication device, computer machine <laughs> at all, yeah. you know, they're using Facebook. Right. And so like, why do we even need to have an Instagram for this museum or whatever? And like, that's the dumb moment. You know why you don't have new audiences? Because you're not reaching them. You're not, right. you're not meeting them where they can receive your information and digest it. So, mm -hmm. um, one of the reasons it's important to put our brands out there on so many platforms is because our audience isn't just the 50 and gray. It's not just the hip and 18 bro. You know, it's, right. 
you know, or it's, it's hopefully it's everybody because this is all of our history. Yeah. So we should all be paying attention, you know, because yeah. it's shaped, you know, there isn't a single person listening to this or not listening to this who wasn't affected by the history of our nation right. or the world. So right. uh, by default, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's up to, to us to reach people in any way possible since we're mm-hmm. going to, you know, fancy ourselves the next generation of the keeper of the memories and legacies. So mm-hmm. if we want to really do a good job by that, you know, idealistic sort of approach is we got to get out there and right. not everybody's in one spot. Right. Go meet them where they are. And right. like yeah. you said, where they are is on multiple, on multiple platforms. Right. Would you say that's probably your first word of advice for some of these historical entities and nonprofits is just spread it out over multiple places? Yeah. I think that's where, where once you start with where you're comfortable, like we were saying, right, have a foundation. But from there, don't just stay on history, things with Pat on Facebook only, right? Become history, things with Pat on Instagram. Become the tattooed historian on YouTube. Like, grow from there. And it is important to spread out because some of your audience wants to digest your information one way. Some of your audience wants to digest it another way. And if you're only catering to one audience, you'll lose the other half. So being not just self-aware of who you are, but kind of being aware, I guess it's not self-aware, but being aware of, like, the audience as a whole is like, think about any classroom you were ever in growing up. Not everybody sat and learned the same way you learned. Right. Like I can't learn, I can't learn anything really without doing it. I'm not, mm-hmm. there's very few things you could sit and just go, Hey Pat, and tell me about it. And I'm like, yeah, bud, sure. Right. Retain that one. Right. Like I'm a get out there and do it. And right. you know, it's a lot of people are the same way. And, um, some people are the, you know, you can tell them how to do it. So that's why if you're, having these different approaches to how you do things, you can kind of just hit everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a very important point where you start where you're comfortable, but you, you also have to be yourself. And we, we may have touched on this just a little bit, but I need to strike that home is that Pat's a certain style. I'm a certain style. Someone else could be with us doing this and they're a certain style. We're all working together for the same ending. You know, we're all working together so people understand history more. Yeah. And Pat has a style of of, of uh, presenting. I have a style of presenting. Uh, someone else is going to have a different style. But until we realize that we can collaborate and work together, that's not going to gel. And I've found that a lot in the history field where people just don't want to work together. And they're like, what they see is they would expect me or you to be threatened by me or you there's you know? a lot of personalities in our line of work oh yeah oh yeah and there's a lot of people who immediately instead of like if they were me they would see you and they'd be like oh i gotta out i gotta outdo him i have to beat him for the wrong reasons what i do now is i see pat posting something and i'm like oh pat posted something i better post something not because i'm in competition but because he's pushing me to do more I want to touch on that, that when you're done because I think that's a great point. But but I'll wrap it up so we remember that. But but what I'll say <laughs> is this. I use Pat. I use some of our other co- uh, people that we've collaborated with as guides to say they are pushing me to do more and pushing me to do better. It's kind of like with Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Dude, where, I was literally going to say. Where, where Bird would sit there and think, Magic probably shot 500 free throws today and I've only done three. Yeah. hundred. So now I got to do 200 more. It's the same thing with history with me. Dude, it's so, so yes. Okay. So a couple things direct from history, things that Pat on, if you want to be starting your own brand, first of all, if you're sitting there listening to this and you want to start your own brand, 
do it. Mm-hmm. Don't make any excuses. Do it. Secondly, understand that to, to do it for real, you're going to need to actually do it. Uh, it's not something you pussyfoot around with. At the first, you know, at first you'll be not 100% all in, balls deep on it, as they say, because you're going to be figuring out how you can do it. But what what you're doing in that process is you're kind of relentlessly pursuing this, like, how, how to. So once you figure out how to, you can never stop. There's no excuse you can make. There's no, you have to be doing your thing at all times. Like, so for me, mm-hmm. I am a husband, I am a father, I am a construction contractor, right there, period, end of sentence, I'm busy, I have no time in my day to do anything else, right? I'm right. up at 4.30, 5 o'clock, I'm at the house, mm-hmm. I'm out all day on a job site, I'm home, hopefully I'm being a good husband, hopefully mm-hmm. I'm being a good dad, bedtime, rinse and repeat, right? Right. How the hell do you do history things with Pat? Because you don't make the excuse of, well, I'm tired. Dude, I'm tired of shit all the time. Right. Like, all the time. Uh, you don't make the excuse of, well, I'm busy. You know what? Like, I, I sacrifice a lot of things that I love in life to, to pursue something else that I love in life. And that's sort of a, a soapbox for another day. But, like, in reality, anytime you've heard that lecture from somebody else, they're telling you the truth. What you're having trouble digesting is the fact that it's the friggin' truth. Mm-hmm. Right? So, mm-hmm. so, I've heard this lecture given to me from my dad, my mom, from bosses, from um, significant others. Like it's some lecture I've probably given to a lot of people. It's, it's a truth when you're giving this, there's usually a reason to give it. But Mm -hmm. when you're trying to start your own brand, you really got to kind of give this lecture to yourself. Like you can make no excuse. You have to just pursue it. And, and by all means, and I guess, yeah, just by all means, pursue it. Developing thick skin. We were talking about that earlier. Yep. Everybody in the peanut gallery, when you become a public figure, whether you're super famous like a sports celebrity or a movie celebrity or music celebrity, or you're even more famous than them like John and I are, you know, because we're the most famous people on the planet. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, whether you're on that level, like it's important to understand that the, the general public, the peanut gallery, the mm-hmm. folks in the comment section on Facebook, mm-hmm. they're going to let you have it. And if you take everything personally, you're going to develop a reputation because, you know, understanding that brand is everything. The brand you create, it is your identity. And anybody who's had a business or reviewed a business, like say on Yelp, you know, you think about Yelp. I love to tell people Yelp is where angry people go. Oh, yeah. There's never been somebody on Yelp like, I love this business. They're like, these guys suck. Yeah. And it's always that. So understanding that, like, if we had a Yelp for the history field, like your brand is on the line. So Mm -hmm. um, make sure that you're always doing something positive. You're engaging. And when the peanut gallery comes at you, at a thousand miles an hour, like they're going to, that you're not reacting in an immature, unprofessional way. Because whether you do this and make money off of it, and it's your mm-hmm. nine to five or gig, quote unquote, right? And you know, this is what you do for a job. You got to understand that, like, you can't develop a reputation for being kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is what I just said is crap. There is no nine to five. No, our hours are irregular, man. Like, oh yeah, they are either like mine hour. My hours are. are are a little different than your hours right now because I know that you you get a little more time during the day. But like mm-hmm. essentially, history things with Pat is open for business for like between like seven p.m. and one in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm doing the bulk of my research and video editing and content production and all that other stuff. So like, it, you, you got to sacrifice your sleep, your time, sometimes a meal, like whatever. So like, I mean, you just got to be willing to commit right. to doing something um, that is extra than your super demanding everyday grind. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I think that that's that's a real thing there. So you know, you got to kind of understand that, like, if you're going to try to do something, you got to have the metal, you got to have the fortitude to do it, because not everybody just wakes up and starts a brand. Like I, if you were listening in the in the first episode of this, there was a time where I thought maybe this isn't a worthwhile venture to continue because mm-hmm. we're not growing and. I don't know how to grow or things like that. So mm-hmm. you, you got to be able to persevere through that crap because the word quit can't exist. Like, no. It just can't exist. If no. you if you have the word quit, even in your vocabulary, just quit your idea because yeah. you're already you've already just done it. Up. You've already done it. Yeah. Um, there are a ton of people that tell me quite often that I'm not going to be Gary Edelman or uh, Pete Carmichael or, you know, anybody else. And like, that's fine. Good. Fine. I yeah. want to be Pat McGuire. That's right. And I hope that one day I get to be a peer with those guys because I like those guys. I learn from them. Yeah. And if you're comparing me to them, even in conversation already, well, I'm already on the right path. Yeah. Even if you say I'm not going to be them, that's great. Bingo. I don't, I don't want to be them and that's yeah. no offense to them. Uh, it's just that they don't want to be me. I don't want to be them. I want to be my own person. Yeah. But being and, authentic to yourself. And so that's when you get started is like when I started history things with Pat, if you go and you find the first history things with Pat video, which I haven't taken down off YouTube, but it's not under the history things with Pat name. So it's a little harder to find and I won't help you find it. But (laughs) if you find it on your own, you'll notice that it's spoken in a lot of the cadences of the historians, you know, it's kind of a a drier on screen experience like you're used to getting. Mm -hmm. And if you go and you watch history things with Pat now, Mm -hmm. there's some heavy metal that beats you up at the beginning of my brand. And there's a whole lot of me pointing and you're looking at my tattoos and I'm like, look at this, look at this, look at that. Yeah. And it's kind of like macho man, Randy Savage telling you about history. Like, look here, brother, Mm -hmm. this is where some artillery fucks some shit Mm -hmm. up. Right. You're like, Oh my God, history. Right. Um, and so there was, there was a lot of growth, but if you find that first one, you can see that, uh, I started in one place. I've evolved, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, man, it's a wild ride. But you got to definitely persevere through a lot of the mud, and then you know you just gotta always be open mm-hmm. to being corrected, to trying something new. I mean, since I started history things with Pat, man, I thought I would only be writing. Like I thought I would take some pictures. I'd go to a battlefield. I'd take some pictures. I'd write about it. Right. Then I made a video. And then I made another video. Then I made a bunch of videos and I got invited to some places and I've made some official videos and now I'm doing podcasts with you and mm-hmm. done podcasts with Avery and we're doing written pieces for, um, actually I can't say that one out loud yet because that <laughs> one's being worked on, but we're doing it. Forget big, that one. We're doing a big written piece for somebody official, super official. And, uh, um, you know, so it's the journey. You got to be open to it because mm-hmm. I have a very successful professional career as a contractor right now, which I'm very happily and excitedly pursuing. So as these two things are going on, I'm mutually pursuing them. So like mm-hmm. you kind of got to just be open to going with where your life goes. Right. Um, and, and that's very important to my brand personally is mm-hmm. understanding that, you know, as, as you know, very personally as well, life, life goes 101 mile an hour, Steven Strasburg fastball right. to 82 mile an hour, Steven Strasburg curveball. <laughs> change up you know and it just throws you off and yeah. and you can bite pretty easy so if you're going to start your brand go for it and and like we said all along build your foundation from somewhere you're comfortable remain true to yourself but be open to to stepping out of bounds to stepping in the mud to to having to eat mm-hmm. crow to learning that you were wrong somewhere and then mm-hmm. just always keep chugging into this well my pursuit is to be better Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, I said a lot of soapboxing in this episode. That's okay. Don't <laughs> don't play checkers, play chess. 
is my thing. Uh, you're going to hear the loudest voices in the room are going to be the ones who are playing checkers. They're not going to be the ones who are playing the long game. They're the ones that are like, you're not going to be this. You're not going to be that. I'm better than you at this. I'm better at you than that. I don't pay any attention to them. They're, they're going to be, you know, sad in a few years. It's just one of those deals. It's also okay to accept some realities. And one of the things that you touched on a minute sure. ago that I want to touch on for is here's one of the realities. You are made better by your competition. Mm-hmm. It's just the manner in which you handle your competition that, you know, defines your brand. We're competitors. Technically, at the end of the day, you have a brand, I have a brand, and right. we're doing the same thing in the same field. And so theoretically, if you look at business in the traditional sense of the term, mm-hmm. you and I are competing for a similar piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. But that's where this sort of new philosophy and approach comes from. And this is where this accepting that your competition, quote, unquote, competition makes you better. You reference Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, you know, there's the Russian U.S. space race. Like there mm-hmm. is, um, you can take countless examples of Apollo Creed and Rocky. Yes. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> both those guys are good guys. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> we are the Apollo Creed and Rocky <laughs> of the history world. But like the whole, the whole point is, is, is like I paid attention to John for a couple of years before we ever met and vice versa. And we, you can clearly see in our brands the a reflection of the time we've spent learning from each other. And that's good. Because what it shows is, is that like we are round, I guess what it shows is that we're, by working together and, and broadening how you do things, you can reach more people instead of creating this wall and never working together, which is pretty commonplace in our community where a lot of people, there's a lot of closed doors for guys like me and John, because mm-hmm. of who we are as people because of the tattoos, because of the attitude, because of the, from time to time, the casual common language that we speak (laughs) with, you know, um, there's a lot of closed doors and, and because of that stuff, it, it's caused us to kind of, I don't know. I don't know. You take it from here. I mean, kind of describe kind of how the closed doors, I don't know. I've, uh, I've run into roadblocks along the way, obviously, like anyone else would, like you have. And um, I just decided that it's, it's kind of like this theory. I felt that some of the, the hardcore conservative traditionalists, and I, mean, I don't mean conservative politically, I mean just conservatives in the field in general, created walls. Yeah. And they're like, you're not going to break through this wall. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that, especially five years ago. But what I thought was, okay, if they're walling off this area, sooner or later they're going to wall themselves in. Yeah. So I'm just going to go around them and figure out how I can surround them with this. And that's when I started making, quote-unquote, alliances or collaborative efforts with people like you and other people who are like us. Because it's like it's there's, made a, us better. there's a niche out there for people like us, and there's listeners out there who who like what we do. Um, and I figured, well, let's give them more of that. And I, and I feed off of your, your productions. I feed off people who are like us and I'm like, that's fantastic. I love that. Um, you know, wish I would have thought of it, but I love that. That's, that's fantastic. And that just stokes that fire and that makes me want to do more. And that's when people say, well, I'm on, you know, I'm on Facebook a lot or whatever. I'm not on Snapchat and I'm like, okay, then I need to be on Snapchat. Yeah. Okay. Then I need to be on this platform. So I was that guy. I was that guy who would go around asking people, what, what platforms are you on? And the ones they wouldn't say, I would be on them the next day. And I'm like, okay, 
I'm going to get that audience. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to get that audience. And that's something else that you got to get out of your comfort zone from time to time to push yourself to do more, to yeah. be better. And like and embrace all that. your competition, be friend of them because oh, yeah. you guys are just going to elevate each other's game. I mean, it's yeah. pretty much flat out it. Yeah, we could be all in a separate band or we could be the Yardbirds. You gotta be the super I want to go back to down. That's a way better super group reference for what you and well, I that do. is I true. Mean, the Yardbirds is is known to an older generation. They were the original super group. But to a younger hip or us, we are the down. Yeah, I would say so. Hopefully we're not going there. Yo, Phil Anselmo, <laughs> if you are listening to this podcast at random, please reach out to me. I'm a huge fan and I want to use some down music. So just saying, Hell Phil, yeah. we can be BFFs. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that you're you know, put down music on your videos. And so it's gonna it's skyrocket. The original history things with Pat intro song was a down song. It's not surprising because you know with with my brand not being for sale in any way and just kind of just being all public, I could use music right. and copyrights without needing because I'm not selling or profiting. Um, Downs where I'm going was the original history nice. things with Pat song. It was this really cool rustic swampy yeah. tone song? They're gonna love it. It's off their second album. Um, that's a great tune yeah and it was cool and, and, and for who I was and where I was at, at the time it was perfect and then the, the more modern iteration of History Things with Pat was born and I went with something a little more brutal I, I was using a, an Asking Alexandria song that had some really crunchy punchy metal core <laughs> at the beginning uh, but now uh, we have uh, decided to grow the brand a little bit and uh, 2020 has some cool things in store which we'll come nice. back and talk about on a different day yeah. but um, yeah. that caused me to have to use some original music mm. um, because I needed to own some copyright. So we uh, very quietly uh, rebranded history things with Pat's video intro uh, a few weeks ago, new video sequence, new music um, written by my former uh, bandmate, John Filson and I um, mm. from our old band Lysergic cross back in our, our stoner metal days when we were <laughs> cool and nice. we were 25. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> but you know, that growth comes with patience. Yeah, you know, I'm not patient anywhere in life, but I've been patient here. So it's patience is probably the biggest thing you you need to have if you're going to grow a brand. Yeah. And and, uh, you know, I want to uh, start to wrap it up by saying that, that we've we've gone over a lot in a short period of time. But what I want to definitely underscore is self-awareness is key. Know who you are. Know what you stand for. uh, Study what you want to study. Don't listen to other people when they're like, oh, too many people study this and study that. I've heard that about the Civil War more times than I can count. Uh, but you still go with it. You still study what you want to study. Uh, you become a historian because you love the craft and you love the journey because you're not going to make a million dollars being a historian. And you try to work with those who you see as, quote, competition because you're only going to enhance each other in the long run. Um, you know, that's just one of the great things. That's why I plug everybody I work with. That's why I plug the places I go. Uh, that's why many times you'll see me interviewing other historians is because I'm giving them their 15 minutes and I'm also getting on their radar and saying, Hey, you know, if you ever want to collab, let me know or whatever else. Be relentless, you know, like know what you want to do and Mm -hmm. go after it and Mm -hmm. make no excuses for it. Mm -hmm. And you're going to hear no a lot. Yeah. A lot. lot. If you're hearing no a lot, you're doing the right thing. This is true. Uh, you're going to hear no eight times out of 10. And it's those two times that people say yes to an idea you have that's going to propel you to ask 10 more questions about, you know, from people saying, can I do this? May I do that? Can I shoot here? Can I film here? And people are going to tell you no more often than not. 
But luckily, you just let that go in one ear out the other. You, you, I, I literally made a list, and I would go down the list, and I would call the first person. If they said no, I'd go to the next person, go to the yeah. next person. Drop those DMs in Instagram. Everyone Ooh, reads them. John Heckman, sliding into your DMs on Instagram. You heard I it do. here first. I do. I slide into my DMs on Instagram, and I thank my followers. <laughs> randomly. <laughs> randomly. I pick like a random five people. I'm like, hey, thanks for following. Hey, yo. Thanks for following thanks my for following. brand. Appreciate thanks you. Thanks for following. You know, and they're like, oh, it's, you know, just that weird tattoo distorting guy. But you make it more personal. You make it more down to earth, like like Pat and I have done uh, on our own. And we're not the only ones. But, you know, it's just one of those things where Pat and I are the same on here as we are on the street. And that's what makes it the most authentic experience for us because we don't have to put on a front. You know, I've, I've seen people who regularly talk in suits and ties go out on the battlefield and try to be quote cool. Yeah. And it just does not work. We can read right through it. We understand what you're trying to do. It's not going to work. Being genuine resonates with people guys. So just be genuine. Yeah. Be genuine, be empathetic, you know, just keeping an open mind is so very important in the history field right now. And being open-minded to work with people who uh, you see as competition, collaborate with a lot of people give back more than you get is a big thing. And that takes a lot of patience where you're going to historical sites and you're like, Hey, I'd love to film here with your new exhibit. I understand you don't have any money to help me with that, but I'd still like to do it. That helps them in the long run 10 times over. And, uh, I've gotten a lot of networking opportunities out of doing just that. So think outside the box. Don't always go after how thick your wallet's going to get, you know, because it's not, nope. <laughs> you know, but you're going to grind for every dollar you get, it's just like being in a band, right? You yeah. know, where you know you're you're not going to get that big record deal ninety five percent of the time, but you do it because you love it. Yeah, if you're playing to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you're not going to get to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. Play to to impress that one kid at the back at the bar who thinks you suck. Yeah, exactly, right? exactly, yeah. exactly. But guys, there's so much out there that you can do to get more history out to the masses, and we definitely don't cover all of it as far as all the ways you can do it. Some of you are more um, inclined to do it a certain way than maybe we are. You have more background in something than we do. So we all have something to give in this puzzle, and uh, we all fit in in a certain way. And who knows? We may be collaborating someday. You yeah, know, I mean, something. if you've got a story you think you want on my my brand or John's brand, I mean, I can't yeah. speak for you, but like, okay. if you think History Things with Pat is a good place to have a story told, reach out. Yeah. Let's have a chat. I'm yeah. absolutely open to hearing. Yeah. You can go on Pat's uh, Instagram and shoot him a DM. Yeah, slide into my DMs. God. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I'm, I've gotten some gigs. <laughs> Literally, I've gigs I've gone, quote yeah, gigs. I've gone on I've gone on Instagram and DM people. Nice. So it works. Nice. It works. It's just a little piece of advice right there for you. But Pat, any last uh, we got to sh- tell people where they need to go find you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you before we get out of here, if you're you know interested in, in checking me out and some of the stuff that I do, you can follow along uh, the chaotic journey through <laughs> history. That is history things with Pat by visiting Facebook.com/slash history things with Pat, uh, YouTube.com/slash history things with Pat, and uh, at history things with Pat. Uh, on Instagram and uh, what we're doing there is just uh, as I come across history as I have the time to intentionally produce content on stuff that I find interesting or is interesting to the national conversation like whatever it is is it's just kind of a 
here it is, guys. This is what we're doing. Um, and I, I tell it to you in my voice, which is super casual and hopefully not so self-righteous and stuck up like some <laughs> no. of our fielders. No. Uh, but I, uh, you know, hopefully it's one of those where you, you, you felt a, a connection to it and you had fun and you learned something. And, you know, and, and I, I, I super encourage interaction. So comments private messages, whatever you want. Let's continue conversations. So if there's something that we're talking about on my page already and you want to get more involved in that chat, please reach out. And if um, if there's something that you're not seeing on History Things with Pat, you know, let me know so that we can we can do something about that because mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's never my goal. And speaking of collaborative efforts, before we go away here, uh, December 14th, we're going to be in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Yes, we are, buddy. And uh, we're going to be there on a Saturday. You all can tune in on, on the Tattoo Historian Facebook page, and I'm sure we'll share it out on yep, Pat's page. Yeah, you can page. follow on History Things with Pat as well. Uh, we're going to be in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and we're going to be doing a live stream tour of the town of Fredericksburg pertaining to the Battle of Fredericksburg. Uh, but at the first opening day, which is the crossing, December 11th, there was a lot of urban fighting in the town. Yep. So we are going to be talking about 19th century urban fighting during the Civil War. You know what's really cool about that? And this is why I'm excited to cover it. We the have name. covered, yes, but we have covered the bridge crossing <laughs> forever. We have covered yes. Marie's or Marie's Heights, however you pronounce that, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've, we've covered the post battle mud march, the casualties, the futilities of these charges. We, we mention the town the the street fighting we mentioned the riding gods and generals probably gives that story its best on-screen moment probably for as you can call it best (laughs) on-screen moment but however like it's i'm excited because we are gonna we're gonna focus on that like we're Mm -hmm. gonna talk about what it was like um to have been a civilian who tried to wait that fight out in your in your house or might have viewed it from afar. We're going to talk about the soldier's perspective block to block, and I'm, I'm pumped, man. So uh, I look forward to that one a lot, man. So December yeah. 14th, check us out uh, live streaming on uh, both of our brands on uh, Facebook. You can you can follow along with that journey. Yeah, the event is called Fredericksburg Street Fight. Street Fight! And you guys and gals who have, especially you guys and gals who are vets, who have served overseas, you know, in urban combat situations, this might be an interesting one for you to think about because this is what your ancestors did doing street fighting, obviously without the, auto, without the automatic weapons. But we understand that some things never change and house-to-house fighting does not change yeah. all that much. The chaos of close-quarter battle, for right. sure. And uh, you get to see it from the civilian perspective when, uh, as, as Pat said, when the, when the army comes marching past your house and some of them come in and start looting <laughs> or doing other things or shell coming through your house. What was that like from a civilian perspective? Um, what was it like as a soldier going through that area and, or defending that area? And as Pat said, we often think about the larger, quote-unquote, issues with the battle, which is the river crossing and Marie's Heights and, and other parts of the battlefield. This is under the guise of the National Park Service. Uh, we're talking about stuff that literally you could do a pub crawl and talk about this. Yeah. Block-to-block fighting. Yeah. And just check out every pub on the way. You know, which is a good idea. Yeah, actually. we could probably do that. We, we could do a pub crawl with. I can get a brew. Oh yeah, every place has coffee. That's fine. You Let's know. do it. Um, but Fredericksburg Street Fight, December fourteenth. We'll be down there most of the day, as long as there's daylight. We'll film. Yep. Tune in. Tune in. And we're gonna have a great time with that. But there again, collaborative effort. We both love to live stream or, or shoot video, and uh, this is a way for us to work together to bring you something different. Think about that 
in your own way if you're a historian or if you're a marketer for a nonprofit or a museum. Think of it that way as you watch us have a great time in Fredericksburg. Hopefully it doesn't rain. I'll, no. take, I'll take snow. I don't want rain. Yeah, not so much. But you know what? They fought in worse, so we can do some rain. That's so true. We'll, we'll see you on the 14th no matter what. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But, Pat, thanks again, buddy, for being on yeah, and for, for, for taking on. this into overtime into the second uh, uh, episode of the Tattoo Historian Show and getting a little great. bit deeper in the weeds. No, it was great. Thanks for having me out. It was a lot of fun. I hope to get Amen. back. Uh, I got lots of stuff coming up, so I hope we can get back and talk about some of that stuff too, buddy. Yeah, we got to get that stuff out there so the masses understand what's going on. All right. So thank you all for tuning in again to the Tattoo Historian Show. Hope you all have a fantastic week. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.